Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Well, hey, Emily, how are you today? Hello, Michelle. I am wonderful. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right. Not too bad. You know, okay, good. It's, a, it's, been a, it's been a lovely day. Thank God the weather broke. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I could take another day of that <laughs> oppressive heat walking through soup. Outdoor <laughs> walking soup. Walking soup. Yeah, from yeah. one place to the next. So I was like, kept checking my weather app. When's the rain coming? Mm-hmm. When's the rain coming? And thankfully it did. And um, we had a, had a gorgeous day and a few more gorgeous days before the heat comes back. So I know. Yeah. yeah. That's right. It happens. I'm and used to it now. That's right. And it's going to be fall soon, which of course I'm excited about. Yeah, I know. Because it gets you closer to your birthday. <laughs> Right, birthday month. Yay. Um, I love the fall in St. Louis as well mm-hmm. with the changing of the of the uh, leaves and stuff. But I'm curious if you've noticed this. I have a, I don't know, it's like, must be an oak tree because oak trees have acorns, right? Um, I have all these little tiny little acorns on my driveway. I wonder if the heat mm, over that like kind of drop. like drops so like so much earlier, and they're not they're not like the when they're f- in the fall when they drop and the and the squirrels mm-hmm. eat them, but they're like really small. Oh, so that's a shame. That's gonna water your tree. What? Well, yes. Oh wow. Well. I'm watering my trees right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a city tree. Well, <laughs> not... I mean, we want we want our squirrels to eat, don't we? Well, that's a. I think that's a personal preference. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of squirrels, but I did notice that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have other other than that. It's been a pretty good week. What about yourself? Yeah, I agree. It's been um, really busy, and uh, but rewarding. I mean, the way things are developing right now, it's a really exciting time in the world of Emily. So It is. Yeah. And we had the lucky fortune to go to that fabulous tasting at the wine merchant I on know. Saturday. We got to meet one of our winemaking heroes. Yeah, Guillaume Gonet. Gonet, yeah. Gonet. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we've featured multiple wines made by him yeah. on the show and got a chance to talk to him in person and um, drink some wine with him. So that was pretty yeah, fabulous. It was, it was great. It was a lovely yeah, time. They had to kick us out of the wine merchant. We did, we did <laughs> we close it down. We stayed there for a long time. We closed down the wine tasting. And the last people yes. from one to four. And we closed it down. (laughs) Or 12 to 4. It's even worse. We closed it down. I do remember, I wanted to talk to you about this because it was a topic that came up. Um, when we were we were tasting those other, um, not only Guillaume's the wines, but the Burgundies from mm-hmm. Craig Baker Selections. Oh, and there was, it starts with an M, like Monet. Or was it a Monet? Oh. oh, no, the, the Cornet or something like that. Like the really expensive one. Or it was the second to the last expensive one. But it was... Um, and the, I was talking to this older couple and, uh, Craig had said, oh, oh this, right. this in 20 years will be fabulous. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and this older couple, they were like, yeah, we don't buy this anymore because in 20 years we'll probably be dead. Right. So I was curious about how to, like, for younger people and for myself, I mean, if somebody told me I'm 50, right. If somebody says, oh yeah, this is gonna be great in 20 years, I I wouldn't buy it because yeah. In 20 years, I'll be 70, and I will probably, like, I, I think forget this, I have it. I think this all has to deal with your wine intentions because, quite honestly, the wine is wonderful now. It was phenomenal. So, you know, it's are you buying wine as an investment 
or are you buying it to enjoy and drink? Because I, I'm sure that there are um, wines that if I'm a young person that I want to build a cellar that, you know, yes, that would be a smart investment. But, you know, I, I think you buy wine to enjoy. And you know what, if, if, if you're someone like us that we're, we're still in the cellar building era of, of our lives, you know, buy a couple bottles. Enjoy one now, enjoy one in a few years, and then, you know. Well, I think it also goes back to the fact that you have to manage your cellar if you're going to be somebody that's creating a cellar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would be helpful, you know, maybe maybe you could write a blog post on that, on, on like the what to think, what to look for when you're buying wines in your 20s. Mm-hmm. And your thirties, like a little decade thing. It's just a little homework assignment oh, for okay. you. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, I'll I, just add that to my exactly, little to do list because you don't have enough happening, right? right? But uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, well, that would be a really great thing for somebody out there to even consider. It's a good idea because you know, yeah. I, listening to the older couple and them to say, no, we don't, we just don't buy this anymore because we're seventy and I, we'll, be, we'll be dead. And I was like, oh, that's right. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's realistic, but anyway. So when we were there, we had a conversation about the recording that we were going to be doing today. Mm -hmm. And our friends at the Wine Merchant picked the perfect bottle for our guest. Okay. So our guest is Elizabeth Van Winkle. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello. Hi. Hi, welcome. (laughs) So Elizabeth and I met at a BDSM event in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and which we're going to circle back to in a okay. little bit. Okay, because I need to hear more about this. <laughs> That's right. But um, knowing that we are bringing on this most fabulous mistress here, we thought, okay, what is the right wine? So we thought, okay, red, decadent, lush is going to be the way to go. And um, they selected, uh, it's called Constant Disruptions. This producer, um, he's um, made this like boutique little label, um, Shane Wines, and they're all under this constant disruption label. And the reason that they're calling it constant disruption is because um, as a child, he received on his report card that he, you know, was a constant disruption in class. (laughs) So I thought, okay, this is perfect because we have a disruptor here (laughs) in the studio with us. And um, this is a, a 2017 Zinfandel, very small production uh, wine. Only three barrels of this is made, which is pretty phenomenal when you think, oh, my gosh, we have one of the bottles here. You yeah, know, so you're yeah. you're looking at, you know, somewhere, uh, you know, or up to maybe 500 cases of wine. Not that much. Um, so that's 500 times 12 bottles a case. That's like, what, 6,000 bottles? Yeah, it's actually, yeah, around 5,000 or so is what, what the said. gang said. Yeah. So um, this is pretty exciting. I mean, this, Michelle, it, it ekes above where you like to stay in our price point. It's $20, um, you know. But again, if you think about how small production this is, that's pretty cool that, you know, you can get this for $20. Um, I, you know... I find, I just it's yeah fabulous. I just kind of want to stick my nose in this and keep it there for a while. It's it's very it's got some really nice juice, blueberry, blackberry, cassis on the nose. You get some peppercorn, and I'm even getting this kind of like pine needle-y kind of thing going on, which I think is really interesting on the palate. It certainly has some beautiful broad tannins. I like 
the fact that it has these beautiful fruits that you get in a zen, but it's not like over-extracted juice. It's not a juice bomb. It's much more elegant than that. And by the way, yeah, they recommended having this with pizza. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is a really good bottle. Uh, or I mean, I've had like two sips, and mm-hmm. and I I did taste a blueberry. I was like right on there mm-hmm. with the blueberry. I don't taste a pine needle, but that's just me. Yeah, it's on the nose. I get the pine needle thing. Um, it's mm-hmm. it is luscious. It's dark. Mm-hmm. It is very. It's dense, a very isn't dark it? Um, color. Yeah. yeah, but it's 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 very tasty. What very, do you think, Elizabeth? Tasty. It's very approachable. Yeah, it has a good mouthfeel. I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. I taste no fruit, but um, <laughs> this will be fun to guzzle. So. <laughs> yeah, I I think at twenty dollars, um, it you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. I think it's I I I'd spend twenty dollars on it without a problem. So um, Michelle, if this yeah. was a panty, what would it be? Well, let me have another little sip here. <laughs> We actually might want to save that description towards the end, given the conversation and the direction mm-hmm. we're going to go. You might get really creative with that penny description. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's let make our listeners wait a little hey, bit. Before, okay. Let's build before, the suspense. Yeah. yeah, because it is good. And I mean, I've had like now like three hefty sips mm-hmm. and it tastes, each time it's tasting a little different. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's a. Maybe it's like just a pair of invisible panties. <laughs> like Wonder Woman has their invisible plane, you know, mm-hmm. they're actually invisible panties. You see it how, or chameleon panties. You mm, see it however your panties. mood panties, oh, you know, okay. that change with your mood, like the mood ring, something like that. Somebody should invent that. If That's they, fantastic. If they haven't already. Based, based on your body heat, you know, how the, or mm. your mood. Yeah. How excited are you? <laughs> I am, it, 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 There's it, other ways to detect that. Right. right. And at the same time, you really wouldn't want to, like, your panties give that away. You know, like, well, oh, like I guess might. you're not really that excited. You're well, still, I mean, you're still, like, your turquoise par- blue. <laughs> well, then your partner knows that some work needs to be done to get you ready. Right? <laughs> my panties are deceiving me. <laughs> They're giving away all my stories. <laughs> no. I'm a shy girl. Why are my panties telling you exactly what I want? <laughs> so, Elizabeth here, when we met, um, this was on the launch of Femisend, which right. we've talked about before, the women's unnetworking group. Our producer, Denise, and I um, were celebrating that event and um, ended up at the Crack Fox downtown in St. Louis. And we walked in and it was um, a, a, a closed kind of private evening there. And there were um, people getting spanked. And, you know, Based on our evening, Denise and I both looked at each other and were like, oh, this is, yes, this is right. This is where we're supposed to be. (laughs) Well, um, I'd like to hear what Elizabeth's reaction or what her thoughts were when you guys walked in. Well, I I mean, it was towards the end of the night. So, um, like, normally if you guys would have, like, came at at normal, like, playtime hours, dungeon hours, if you will, you would have been briefed at the door, like, what's going on. Mm -hmm. But if you show up after dungeon hours, like, a few people might be left over playing, but the bar is now open to the rest of the public. And so that's what they walked in on. And so I see these two girls showing up in power suits, and I was like, all right, dominatrixes, like, better late than never. (laughs) And so I go up to sit next to them. I'm like, I want to find out what they're all about. And they're like, we're just 
bar hopping and I was like <laughs> okay fine <laughs> but we got to talking and it was such a great conversation and and I loved hearing you know Elizabeth you know you, she is the founder of really one of the only all-female BDSM events in the United States certainly the only one in um St. Louis and in the South. Mm-hmm. And um, just, you know, she's an advocate for, um, you know, sexual expression and uh, all kinds of just all kinds of things. So we I, had a great conversation. It was like, okay, we need to talk. We need to talk on the show. I, I don't know, Emily. I don't think we're going to have anything to talk about. <laughs> this is really kind of limiting. I don't know. Maybe we should have. I, I brought some recipes. We can go over <laughs> some cooking. Maybe some blueberry pancake recipes okay, we yes. can do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll try to participate. <laughs> so, how did you find yourself in the BDSM culture, and then what led you to actually create this? this event? Um, I had been, um, let's see, I had been kind of um, volunteering for a lot of organizations um, in the sort of like more mainstream LGBTQIA um, culture here in St. Louis. And I was really like not happy with it. And then um, I was kind of starting to go to more underground events. And then um, I think almost like 10 years ago now, I started working at our local um like sex positive coffee shop, Shameless Grounds. And through them, I found out about like our uh, uh, leather and kink and BDSM scenes here in St. Louis. And I was, so I started to go to those events and I was really not happy. And um, even though I met, I met, well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, I met a a lot of really nice people, but um, in the more, and this is not St. Louis specific. This is true. I've found in every city I've gone to, uh, the longer a scene or like, you know, an established group has been around, um, they have a lot of problems with misogyny, with racism, with transphobia. Really? Yeah. That is shocking to me. Because yeah. I would think that this would be the crowd that was going to be more open-minded. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is uh, the ones that stay established, that stay around, are you know, tend to be run by like old straight white dudes and... You know, it's it's they're they're dying off eventually. These you know old creepy dudes. Do you, but it's, do you think it's that they they're crafting it in the image of what they want? Yes, and I mean okay. definitely. I mean people like new different types of people go to these events, but then they don't want to stick around because it sucks. Because it's not yeah. what they have in mind. Yeah, I mean when I first started going to these events, there were no people of color. There was one lesbian couple, and they were tokenized. And then me and my girlfriend were tokenized and fetishized and. Um, I just had no desire to stick around. I, I mean, I, I met some very nice people and I know that they're like a lot of the really nice people that I met back then have done a lot of work. And I, from what I hear, a lot of these events that still exist are a lot queerer or a lot more, um, friendly towards women and anti creeps, if you will. Uh But I just was like, no, like we need to have a space. Even if those events were just totally great, we still need a space for women and non-men to hang out and just be around ourselves each other yeah what what do you mean by fetishized because i when i you know i think of um the you know the bdsm the culture like that to me is it's a kink there's Mm -hmm. you know um fetishes that are woven into that so yeah yeah, help me understand the difference fetishes are great unless you're fetishizing (laughs) a person sorry for because of like their race because of you know they're gay because you know like you could be fetishized because you're blonde okay um you know it's that thing where you like you're like ooh, like it's that you're being creeped on it's like it's different than having a type like 
oh, I like blondes. I just date blondes all the time. They're so cute. To like, ooh, like you get that creepy, I am not feeling safe, like kind of thing. Okay, so safety being a key component, Yeah, I mean, a lot of times people don't, I mean, that's kind of going into the extreme, but I mean, like, you know, Asian women are fetishized, Mm. trans women are fetishized. Would Would you explain it or a little bit more of when you have when you are fetishized or that person's soul no longer exists it's just what they yeah. what they represent on the outside yeah she's blonde or that's a gay couple mm-hmm. um and so my my sexual preference to get off or my kink is you know always you know the blondes or whatever it is but when that person is no longer recognized as the living breathing human being that they are an all multi-dimensional mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. Then they are fetishized. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. If you want to have sex with these people and you don't want to fight for their rights and you don't respect them as people, that's like a part of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they're just like a cookie out of the cookie jar that mm-hmm. you're going to take a little nibble and put it back in. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and, um, wow. That's quite a visual. Well, you know, it's the <laughs> yeah. wine talking already. <laughs> I tell you, it's constant disruption. Hi, right. Um, well, I was curious listening to you know this exchange here when you said that you know you were looking for you went to one scene you didn't find it. What was there something inside of you that like that was drawing you to the to the scene or, or I mean, what was it that you were searching for um at first i was just super curious um like i I mean i had been out of the closet as a lesbian for a long time and um i didn't i kind of didn't really know why people needed to go to you know to dungeons to do this because you know i just kind of thought well i'm gay so clearly i'm kinky like why do i need to go to an event but then i was like oh like the more i kind of found out about it, it was like oh it's like a space for you to like really explore yourself and like mingle with people and like kind of discover yourself in ways that you didn't know and um it's it's a place to grow and like even kind of develop you know new fantasies and new ideas about you know your identity and all kinds of things about yourself that you can't just do at a coffee shop or at a bar you know so um so who you were 10 years ago and who you are now a little different (laughs) (laughs) like what like what how how more expansive are you in your or how or can you even articulate it um i i can i mean i i i like i threw events back then but now i mean it's so different i'm i'm so much more in tune to safety in a in a so much more specific way than i used to be um you know i i yeah my events are i mean kind of on lockdown like i don't exactly it's not like some events where you don't even hear about them you have to know someone who knows someone who knows someone like mm-hmm. You have to be vetted. I do, like, allow people who I've never met uh, before to come so that they can come to my events where there are no men and kind of see what a more safe space is like before they go to these other events where they're not as safe and, like, creepy dudes maybe run mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but I, I mean, I vet people as best I can immediately when they come in, and I vet them if I, you know, if I see that they have interest on Facebook or in Fat Life, Like, I check them out. Um, it's... Yeah, if I mean, if I see you, if you are interested in my event on Facebook and you've got a big MAGA hat on or something, I'm deleting you when you're not coming in. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although it might be really, really uh, pleasurable to, to beat someone them. with a MAGA hat. Yeah. yeah. There's a separate that would be, for them. That would be a, that that would be a fetish. Kink. That would be a we fetish. We know your kinks now. I was like, I would fetishize that. They're no longer a human being or a person. It's just they're in a MAGA hat. I need to, I need to spank the shit out of you. Yeah. yeah. 
Now I really understand Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I've been so I've just held back all these episodes and never, never uh, yeah. shared. Um, well, you keep talking about the event that you run and 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 uh, it's called Venus Venus and Fur. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a very um, it's a private. I've noticed like like you can't really. You have to be invited to join Venus. You can, I mean, people have definitely, like, you kind of stumbled upon it. Like, you can get in, like, we don't let you in if you're male identified. Like, we we let in women identified people and non men. So it's open to genderqueer people um, and and women. So, um, you know, we've got door people and you've got dungeon monitors that are going to keep people out who, you know, don't belong. But it's, we let people in who, like, are just exploring themselves and don't know anything also. Right, so. right. And there's a reason for that heightened security and privacy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to, yeah, people are creeps, you know, and I, I want to keep my my folks safe at my events. Yeah. And, um, and there's also, I mean, there's like ramifications with, some people on their jobs and yeah, things like that. I mean, I mean, in Missouri, you know, you can still be fired for being gay. So you can, like, everybody can get fired if your boss finds out that you're kinky and you go to these leather events and BDSM events. There's no protections There's for you? No, nothing. It's um, shocking to me. Of course, I shouldn't be surprised given just the unraveling of things recently. But I, I, we I am surprised. We never had that protection in the first place. We yeah, never even got there. Mm-hmm. Even with um, gay marriage being... Uh, federally protected is it is it okay yeah. in the state of missouri yet yeah it's federal now so it's federal so they everybody can't... can get married everywhere for okay. the most part okay but they can still then fire you for yeah you can still be fired for being gay i mean like in in any in any any place they can go oh that's a gay person i want them fired but like legally they would have to try to cover it up okay in missouri they can just be like you are gay and i don't like that you're fired you know Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, of course you're going to have to have protections mm-hmm. around the event. I'm I'm sitting here thinking as if I were a a person who is uh thinks this is kind of like they're kind of tintillated by it and I'm you know from like a woman's mm-hmm. point of view and uh but they don't know like how to even get started, you know? Mm-hmm. They they watched um, that terrible movie Fifty Shades of Grey, and they and they read that terrible book Fifty Shades of Grey, but they were so turned on by everything that was in it that they think that they're curious. They're curious, mm-hmm. but they don't maybe necessarily yeah. go about knowing where to. Yeah, what's the right? What's the what's a good next step? So, um, like. You're certainly welcome to come come to my events and just like, especially the first few times you're there, like kind of just like hang out at the bar and have some drinks and I'm the host. So I'll introduce you to folks. So like you won't feel, you know, abandoned or bored or anything. People will come up to talk to you or leave you alone if that's what you want. Yeah. And you can check things out. Um, you can also join like our private Facebook group that we won't announce. Yeah, sure. Right. Here, but yeah. you can still, it's easy to find. Um, and uh, like we have all kinds of information in that group so to help you explore yourself um there's also um and this is a little trickier but this uh, a, a website called fetlife um it's kind of like kinky facebook um it's great to help you get in touch with local people that are like you that go to events and all of the different kinds of events um you know not just gutter well, how would events. you though if you're a brand new person to the scene how would you kn- know to not let yourself be taken advantage of by somebody who is 
like a pre- maybe there's a, a predator. There's predators. Yeah. I mean, it's I would hefty. think. Yeah. yeah. No. Um. I we we are pretty good about letting you know that at Venus and Furs, we let you know everything we know. I personally am in contact with other organiza- organizers in St. Louis who throw kinky events, and we talk to each other because okay. you know I don't. We don't have a huge issue with predators at Venus and Furs because we don't let men in. Yeah. It's not that it doesn't still happen with women sometimes, but I mean our. We just don't have the same issues that other groups do. Yeah. So, um, but we keep in contact with each other because, you know, if if I kick somebody out, they're going to go to them. Okay. Um, and it, the same thing has happened actually with other people. Um, they, there was this one dude in particular who got kicked out of every single kink event in St. Louis and then suddenly was identifying as genderqueer of to get into our events. Mm. And... Um, eventually, like one of like one of my my friends, who is also genderqueer, who operates another organization, was like, "Be on the lookout for this person. Do not let them in." I was like, "Thank you. I already knew they were creeper. I was keeping an eye on them. Thank you for letting me know they're gone." So, yeah. So you're oh. you're an organizer, but you're also a mistress, right? Um, yeah, to some people. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, how, and are you also like? Are you sometimes on the other side? Are you sometimes yeah. the bottom? I identify as a switch. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of um, terminology that can be confusing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're probably going to have to have a whole glossary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on our website for okay. this episode. I can I can yeah. forward you some good links. Oh, that would be fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely share. Why don't you just kind of explain a little bit what a switch is and yeah. like the top and the bottom. I mean, it'll be very generic. Yeah. yeah, so there's topping, there's bottoming, and then there's switching. I switch, I do both. Um, I mostly top. Um, I don't. I don't bottom for people who I don't really know and I don't really trust. Um, I'll top for anybody. Like, mm-hmm. I, um, and when you say topping, where you you are doing what? It kind of just depends on what they want. Are what, you in control if you're on the top? Is that what well? I mean, I think the bottoms are always in control. You okay. know, you really? don't do. Yeah, I mean, as a top, I would never do something to a bottom that they didn't want that we didn't already negotiate that they okay, wanted. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So if if somebody comes to me and they're like. I'm just feeling really stressed out, and I kind of just want to go into my bottom space right now. So I know that I want some impact play, but I don't really know what I want. Um, what do you think you can do? And I'll be like, well, um, you know, because if, if they don't know their limits, then we have to find that out together. And um, it can be fun to press somebody and see where their limits are, but it's also it can be a little dangerous because you don't want to put somebody past their limits and hurt uh-huh. them. Yeah. So, like, I would say, well, let's use my flogger because my flogger is actually super soft. It's not going to hurt you that bad. We might, you know, start with spanking. We, you know, I actually usually do start with hand stuff first to sort of like get them accustomed to my touch, and then we might move to like my leather toys because that's you know can feel like skin, and then we might move to like a cane or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something a little more hardcore, some metal implements, whatever, just depending sure. on what, what kind of sensation they're wanting. Right. Mm-hmm. I can see how, like, um, that can offer release, mm-hmm. you know, um, for somebody who's stressed out and, you know, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I've I've always kind of understood in, is that the BDSM community's really been responsible for building a dialogue around consent. Yeah. Which is, you know, only really recently been hitting like the um, you know, cis kind of <laughs> sexual right. world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think it's pretty cool that like there's this 
initial conversation ahead of time to be like, how far are we going to go and how are we going to press? Yeah, you know, it's called negoci- negotiating. Um, yeah. I recommend doing it like as much as possible. And if you have a top that's like, OK, let's start. Like, maybe don't go with that top. <laughs> like, maybe you want somebody who's going to really listen to you. Right. You, know? yeah. you have to be in the moment. You know, again, yeah. you have to recognize the humanity of the person that you're working with. Yeah, and if somebody messages you or you have a relationship with somebody and they're like, okay, we're going to go to this event on Friday night and this is what I want, you need to check in with them again because they might not be in the right headspace for that, what they wanted on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, they maybe went through something traumatic or they're stressed out now and they can't take what they've wanted, you know. So you have to keep checking in with people and negotiate again. So, mm-hmm. Right. This is so fascinating. I know, I it's know. It's all fascinating. I have like lots, so many questions going on in my head. Um, well, I there's another another um, little aspect that I'm working through here. When you're in this in the culture, I say this culture. When you're in the culture, you're in the groups, you're around people. Uh, my understanding of it is is that you know sex and sex play and all of this is is looked along looked on with a positive aspect to the the, the humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we hear like sex positive this and sex positive that to try to take away the the shame and the and the and all the other bullshit that we've been uh, indoctrinated with as a society for so long. Mm-hmm. Do you find uh, do you find when people are new to it uh, that they come either maybe what kind of levels are showing up? But are you finding people showing up kind of already broken from being like they haven't they haven't been mended yet in the sex positive world, um, or do they come and they are looking to have somebody control them because everything else in their life they're controlled? I'm just curious. It's, it's throwing um, some things out there. Yeah, when people first show up, um, it's kind of interesting right now because of Fifty Shades of Grey. So many people are starting out at that level mm-hmm. of the 50 shades level if you will and, and we, what is what is that in comparison to it's this? bullshit okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's probably not very uh, pleasurable at the end for them and they're like what the hell is this all yeah about? no we don't if like i try to actually have a lot of dialogue with a lot of the new people and try to see you know what they're looking for what they know already when i first meet them mm-hmm. and if they say oh i just saw 50 shades of gray or if i get that out of them because a lot of times they won't admit it um i have to say okay well just so you know that was all bullshit and that was actually abuse what that character I was, was just gonna to that say woman. that seems to me more abusive yeah, than it does it was not kinky that's right. not what what kink is that's not what fe- like bdsm is that was abuse and um so <laughs> i we kind of have to sort of like you're constantly educating that. yeah yeah Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm watching on Showtime right now the Roger Ale story, the loudest voice in the room. Mm, I don't know. Oh, this. you have to watch it. Um, it's a, it's a limited series. Uh, I think seven parts. It's it's dropped weekly, much like Clearly Speaking the podcast, but mm-hmm. uh, it's only seven <laughs> weeks. And oh, what's his name? Russell Crowe is playing uh, um, um, Ailes. And uh, Ailes has a relationship with, uh, oh, oh, he's married, but he has, you know, he, you know, he lost his job at Fox because he was just a sexual predator and a, and a manipula- manipulator and abuser and stuff. But when you talk about the, I'm getting to my point, when you talk mm-hmm. about the Fifty Shades of Grey being abused, 
a lot of the things that he did to the women were abusive like that mm -hmm. and and mind control and manipulation and degrading and um it's uh Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm glad he's dead because I, <laughs> I, I, I like loathe the man and, um, and, uh, but that's what I was made. It made me think about, um, what you said about 50 shades with the, oh, the loudest yeah. voice in the room. I mean, he's, he's uh, awful. He's awful. Yeah, I don't, I haven't seen that show, but I mean, it's like... It's just out, so... Yeah, if there's, I mean, mind control, like, manipulation, like, people can be into that, but, like, you have to consent to it. Like, mm -hmm. if your boss is doing that to you, if your husband, if if anybody's doing that to you, and you haven't said, this is what I want, then it's abuse. Yeah. Yeah, if you're afraid to lose your job mm -hmm. or to have, you know, your world turned upside down. I mean, a lot of these women, um, just like the Harvey Weinstein, you know, it was like if they didn't do it, then they would never work mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in news and in, in the in the Hollywood industry, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's control um, and, and abuse. And, and thankfully, we have mm -hmm. we can have a dialogue about that kind of stuff now and, and um, have it come to the surface. But I'm just, I, I guess I just keep thinking about, I bet you that there's a, I bet you there's a, a little bit of kink in everybody. Mm -hmm. Oh, I yeah. I mean, true. sure. Yeah. A little bit of kink of everybody, but, but for some people, they'll, they won't acknowledge it or they won't what's, uh, recognize it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that can be, you know, that, that can be limiting for them in their, in their life. And so I guess I'd, I'd like us in this conversation to be able to, at least sometimes, you know, drop, this is how you get to this point. Or if you're thinking about it, this would be a great book to start reading. Or if mm -hmm. you, you know, something like that, because not everybody's already going to the crack fox at, you know, after their power, <laughs> power <laughs> business dinner in their, you know, high heels. <laughs> not everybody's already there. Um, you know, so while, while we're having this conversation. Yeah, yeah I think that, that would okay be, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So maybe we should take a, brief pause so that we can make sure we have full glasses Absolutely. and then we can dive back in. Perfect. All right. Cool. And we're back. Yes, we are. Fresh glasses yes. of constant disruption. That's right. It is so good. Yeah. So we were talking about people who might be curious and disrupting their sex lives a little <laughs> bit. And what might be maybe some first signs that their their curiosity is leading them down this path. And what might be some, some maybe... Um, signals that, you know, they should explore this a little bit more. Um, maybe it's not as scary in their mind as what they think it might be, or maybe it's broader. I don't know if you have some thoughts on that. Um, um, I mean, I know that I, I had been, before I sort of decided to go down the path that I took, um, I had been in a few relationships that I just got so bored with. Um, I mean, luckily we're in the age of the internet, so it's really <laughs> easy to just Google anything. And the internet is for porn. You know yeah, that. that's yeah. exactly what it's yeah. for. So there's a whole song yeah. about it in Avenue Q. <laughs> the internet is for porn. Yeah. Um, but you, so you yeah. just continue to search out and found something yeah, else. Yeah. Um, I mean, I. I mean, for me, I. I mean, I didn't really. 
um, really like a lot of the stuff I saw on the internet either for me personally, but I'm also a lesbian and like everything that's like, ooh, lesbian, it's like for the male gaze. Yeah. And right. So it's not legit at all. So I, I opted to go to events to learn from women and there weren't any locally. So I started throwing them and I, I actually bring teachers in from out of town. Okay. So cool. if you're like, I, I want to know about rope. I don't know if I'm learning from books right and I don't know about this internet video. Like I bring in teachers. And so like a little workshop yeah. is going to happen. So when you mm-hmm. say like rope, is that having a sex scene or I'm sorry, sex being play tied being tied up with rope versus like a, a, um, a scarf or is that all the same? It's all the same. I mean, it's oh, not okay. all the same at all, okay. but it's, it's, you know, bondage is bondage. Okay. So I mean, so rope is bondage. Well, yeah, okay. but it can also be shibari, which is just like the beautiful art of tying rope, like and tying knots. Just it's an art. Okay. So, um, so that's like where you're like tying certain, like right? Maybe? Yeah, I mean tying limbs. You and, can, yeah, I mean you can make real. You can tie right? somebody up and it'd be ugly as hell. Right. But like shibari is like it's a whole other. It's a Japanese art form. It's it's really old. Um, you need a really good teacher to teach you. I mean, there are books out there that can teach you. Um, but to get a, a, sh- a shibari teacher out is is a big deal. If you hear about shibari being taught, like, and you're interested in it, you should go. Okay, yeah. is that what I've seen? Like, I've seen art exhibits of um, erotic Japanese photography, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people. It tied looks like it looks, it's, took right? a minute, right? Yeah, Nobody, somebody didn't just go up there and zip tie somebody together. Right. Like, yeah, so like less serial killer style, more <laughs> right. Art. I mean, that's yes. Cool. Okay, that's I just want to make sure. Yes, you know, you wanted to make sure it. I have like you I, know. And to be honest, like sometimes like. Sometimes it's hard to see that distinction a little bit. Like, well, some people aren't very good artists, you know. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I would probably have a, a problem if somebody wanted to zip tie me. I think. I'd yeah, pro- I couldn't. I'd, I'd, pro- I'd go straight to all those Lifetime mm-hmm. movies that I've yeah, watched, and I wouldn't no, be able yeah. to get. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I only recently discovered that I'm into fear, but it was with a woman who I trusted, and I was like, "Why am I into this?" Like, it was very mm-hmm. shocking. But I could so you, these you want, days. You want to be scared in your not all the time. Okay. But if that lady does it again, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So far, I have. I fear is not something for me. Like, yeah. I, I. But I struggle with nightmares. So, yeah. like, I think that that would it would be very triggering for me. I wouldn't think it would be something for anybody who's just dipping their toes in the water. Mm-hmm. Okay, <clears throat> let me just throw this question out here. And uh, how many of us here, you know, you can raise your hands, have <laughs> ever been like in a sexual situation with somebody, you know, and everything's going along fine. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, they smack you on the ass. <laughs> and you're like, what the hell? You know, and you're like, well, maybe that was good. I don't know. I mean, it can be disturbing if you're not expecting it. Right. But <laughs> so many men think that that's what they need to do because that's what they see in their porn right. or whatever. And they're not even concerned they're if it pleasures you. Yeah. I I've had that happen a few times for sure. Yeah. But yeah. But I've also had it happen in during times when it was like acceptable. But yeah. like it was there was that like you were talking about Elizabeth, there was like the communication in advance, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. But um I'm I'm I don't know. There, I guess there are times when you're like slowly pushing the boundaries together that mm-hmm. it's 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 exciting, 
But you have to have that trust in advance with that person. If this was somebody new, mm-hmm. I'd be pretty upset. Yeah, well, it was, it was, I mean, I've heard about this happening to people as well. You know, <laughs> it's not just my own experience, but it's like, it's, again, it's one of those where there's not a communication about it and it can, it can be like, um, jarring. Yeah, you didn't consent to it. I didn't consent mm-hmm. to it, and now, and the, you know, and then you have to go. Okay, do we play along? I mean, again, girls, this is like such a such a common theme and common thread is like, where do you know? Where do we who are not um, versed or like living in like your the scene that you're ta- talking about or or with that type of people? G- get the the strength to actually dictate what you do and do not want in the bedroom. You know, it's like... Having a vocabulary around, it's a great place to start. Right, right. Right, right. and people could keep listening to our show and getting their (laughs) vocabulary, learning from, like, my mistakes, you know, on, on stuff. But I just, I feel like... I've maybe what's maybe women, I'm just throwing that, but brain came, brain thought, should maybe explore more on on their own like you know whether it's the internet or books or going to workshops to gain a little more power and control themselves you know so that they're stronger they know more their boundaries what they do like and they don't like so that they are with a partner who I think that's smart. Tries to throw something out there. They mm-hmm. can, you know, yeah. knock them down with their foot. Be, be and, confident and, right, I, that's and, a good idea. And, and be done. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then on the reverse, how weird has it been when the guy wants, or your partner wants, and I know it's not weird for you, <laughs> but weird for you when, like, the partner wants you to spank them? I like it. Uh, well, okay. You know, I, I've, I've definitely um, found myself with multiple partners who have expressed desires for... You know, um, being dominated, you know, being um, spanked, drowned. Drowned. Ooh, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I've even had, I've even had the, uh, the occasional. I'm over here on this the table. The occasional. Uh, Don't kink shame. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. I, you, know, you called me out there. And I never even, I never, at one point I never thought like the whole golden shower thing. I thought I could never, that wouldn't be something I'd be interested in. But I did have a partner who was into that into that and it was fun (laughs) (laughs) okay so i'm so happy to hear these stories drowning somebody i don't know how that like that i think i would be very uncomfortable i thought i would be too but it was the right partner and we were very comfortable with each other and i yeah these are things that i never would have thought i would have enjoyed doing to To somebody yeah or um you know yeah i just because i'm i'm very sensitive i'm very violent sensitive and um, and I do have, you know, these uh, nightmares and such. So yeah. I never thought that I'd be comfortable with that kind of thing. But then, again, all with the right partner and um, exploring in a way that felt very really safe and together, it was actually very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I know for me, like the times I've been with somebody and they're like, yeah, they want to be spanked. I just felt, and you know, I obliged, but I'll, I was like, hey, I don't know if I'm doing this right because I... As a parent, spanking to me just it goes yeah. to that space in my head, and I really don't want to be there, be like that in in a sexual. I I, I don't want to have that going on. It's like I want to leave that at the bedroom door. I don't want to, you know, because then mm-hmm. I'll start talking to you like you're like you've, you've, <laughs> you've done something. Bad, you've been bad a bad boy. bad boy, and I'm like, oh, some people this. are into it. I'm just right. letting you know you can make money doing it. 
I can make money doing it. Well, now that now we're talking a different story. I can probably you can make some it. serious money doing it too. Yeah, right. I mean, St. Louis doesn't have a great culture for it, but it's possible. I mean, it's possible. So, a good friend of mine who lived in Dallas, one of his close friends had a dungeon, and so her it was a girlfriend, and then her husband was you know. Um, helped kind of man security and whatnot. But she had a dungeon. And I'm telling you, she, I, I think her hourly <laughs> wage was like over $2,000. Wow. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good. I'm kind of surprised at Dallas for that one. Good for Dallas. I'm yeah. Right. <laughs> There's an underground scene anywhere, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, so, yeah, that's amazing. I know. So, so a yeah. A lot of money to be made. Mm-hmm. I know. She's like, hmm, just should I be me, doing this podcast? Let me, uh, just so you know, like most of us do not make money doing it. <laughs> and when you do make money, you are officially crossing over into sex work. So mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. different. Like don't think because you want to be spanked or you have fantasies and you want to be kinky, you're now dipping your toes into sex work. It's very different. Like, right. Yeah. It's, it's a business thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a job. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, does it, is it as glamorous as it was before? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, some people, I, I've met some, some women. I've never met a dude who ever made money or, okay. or a male identified person who ever made money being a dom. But I met several women and I, I know several women that loved it, but just like, were like, well, eh, I just moved on to something else. Or um, they were just like, uh, uh, like it just it crossing over into the sex work part of it. Just yeah, there are a lot of dominatrixes out there that never have sex with the people that they play with, but right. um, it can still. I mean, sometimes these men are just ridiculous, like with the things they want, and uh, it, it's it's. I mean, it is work. People don't realize sex work is work. And um, yeah. even if you're not having sex with these men, um, and it is men I, predominantly Mostly. that are, are paying for this. There, not that there aren't women that would love to pay for a dominatrix or a dom, but women don't tend to have the expendable income. Right. So, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with men who have this expendable income who aren't used to be, uh, aren't used to hearing the word no. And um, yeah, it can be. Yeah. You know, that issue that you talk about, the um, expendable income. Um, that is something that you're seeing, you know, a lot of the lesbian bars, um, across the United States, a lot of them are closing, Mm -hmm. um, because of the fact that, uh, you know, lesbians don't have the same kind of, um, income that you you never hear about like a neighborhood oh you can tell the lesbians moved in right right right. (laughs) things are gonna thrive it's been gentrified because you can tell the lesbians moved in everything has changed versus like you know they say like the gays moved in because they have they have the the money money, you know Mm -hmm. and and normally no children to go they're the ultimate power couple really like a gay you know gay men you know yeah yeah they so. can earn what they need to earn. Yeah. Right. Well, I have a funny little story to tell you guys, you know, because I have to like up my, you know, my street cred here. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't drown anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> However, I've, almost 10 years ago, a friend of mine has, she has a, uh, her, her name is Goddess. We'll just say her name is Goddess. And she has a um, a, a slave, a sex slave. Um, and she messaged me one day and she goes, 
he's really getting on my nerves. I'm going to gift him to you for a while. <laughs> I was like, well, what do I do with a sex slave? <laughs> she goes, whatever you want. I'm like, okay, you know, and it's like, you know, and I, I, uh, I I gave him a different name. I didn't want to know his real name or anything like that, so I named him Alice, like from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> oh, did you make him clean your bathroom? No, I please. Made, oh. I made him do my yard work, <laughs> mulch all of the all of my my plants, pick up the dog shit in my my backyard, <laughs> all of these things. And I and I was like, it was a lot of work to keep coming up with like things mm-hmm. for him to do. And um, you I, could I, send him over to my house. Well, this was I didn't I didn't know you then. <laughs> and uh, um, I, I did make him uh, be my designated driver with for me and my That's my girlfriends yeah, for yeah. Um, mm-hmm. for a while. And uh, one of the one of the things that I, I kind of pride pride my pride myself on. I have two two aspects of it is that I know he was he. Like, of course, very sexual. I never had sex with him. I was not attracted to him in that, any of that way. I was just, all right, I'm just going to be your, your, um, you know, your queen right now and I'll tell you what to do. But um, he was in a relationship and all of this sex slave stuff was on the side. Like mm-hmm. she wasn't aware of it. Oh. And so I told him that every single night he had to bring his partner. He had to get her off every single night nice. and had to send me proof. Oh, ladies like, lifting up ladies. I was, That's I was nice. Like, you know what? Somebody needs to be getting a good orgasm out of all of this, you know, and, and you know, that. I don't know if that helped their relationship or not, um, but it was I, uh, I at some point during the whole the whole uh, sex slave thing with Alice. Um, I think my friend either wanted <laughs> sex slave with Alice. I love it. Well, because like he would clean her house, she would have mm-hmm. him do that kind of stuff, and, and she was like, "You just have to be like really rude to him." While well, he said, "I was like, okay, I'll be, I'll, I'll just like really, really be a you know." A, a stern person. Um, but then after it, like, you know, she took him back cause you know, and he, it was time for him to go back and I was okay with that. But then I saw, um, some articles like out there on the internet about like, when you have one, have somebody that's, I guess you, um, have a sex slave like this. And I read it and I was absolutely mortified because I was terrible. <laughs> I, like, I like crossed so many, like, like, I didn't know like sort of like the rules. And I mean, I, I was embarrassed and, and I, I well, almost, like, what's a rule that you didn't do that you should have? Oh gosh. Um, I think it, I, I went back to like communication in a, in a sense um, with him. And again, this was like almost 10 years ago. Um, and I just remember reading this article. I'll try to find it again if it's even out there. Um, but like, like I was, if somebody were to say, oh, she's, she's a, uh, she has a sex slave. Well, I mean, her, I would have been like an elementary school person versus what he was expecting. You know, like I had, I had no clue what really I should have been. Like, there's like, like, there's like collars. There's, mm-hmm. um, uh, Mark. That like, well, I'm ways sure. He, keep, I'm sure he had a. Did he already have it? I'm sure he already uh, not had for a me. I didn't give. I didn't give him a collar because he wasn't mine. He had been gifted to me for. Mm-hmm. It was but te- he probably it was didn't temporary. take that off. He probably still was wearing his collar. I, would be my suspicion. Was he wearing it around you? I don't. Re- I the few times that I was around him, 
other than like telling him to do my yard work. Um, I do remember getting very upset with him because he went to go get the mulch near my house and he said that he it's like somebody else was getting the mulch and he was like, yes, I'm just getting this for my goddess. And I go, what the what did you just problem? tell my neighbor, you douchebag? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is your problem? <laughs> no wonder the neighbors are so curious about you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to do my yard and get your mouth shut. You know? But I was embarrassed when I read it. Like, because there's, you know, there, I guess there's like a, there's a um, protocol. There's a protocol. Protocol, yeah. That, no, I, but that I didn't know didn't about. Know, I if know. you didn't know about it, it's not your fault. Like, you yeah. were kind of thrown into the situation, and if they they didn't tell you anything then it wasn't that important okay okay like it, it, at the same i mean slaves are like hardcore bottoms it's true but like it's still up to them to protect their own safety and their own interests and if he didn't complain to you then whatever he was loving every minute of it i am sure he was he was probably mm-hmm. like uh, yeah well i know his, his uh, partner was loving every minute of it whether or not she ever knew or it's just fine i don't i don't know i have no idea where alice is today but it's like you know <laughs> yeah, that time when uh, michelle had her sex life mm-hmm. that's what we're gonna call this episode yeah I really like time. really screw everybody that time, that time. <laughs> 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 make you drive me around and my girlfriend so we can you know so before uber so i mean there's a difference between a sex slave and a slave right well i mean so the the concept of slavery is really tricky because um it, well i mean it elicits you know very strong emotions from from mm-hmm. folks who have been marginalized like a lot of women do not do not want to be associated with that term a lot of black people a lot of people of color like right. so like, what would you call it well uh, i mean some people it's tricky like it, yeah. it if you love that na- that um that title and that is who you are like take it and if you're a black person and this might sound really shitty coming from a white person but i've actually i like do my best to try to take a lot of classes on this kind of stuff um, to learn as much as I can um, about these really tricky issues in our community. Um, but if you're a person of color and you have an issue, like if you are like, I want to be a slave, but I am so conflicted about it. Yeah. Like you have every right to feel however you want to feel and it is okay. And, um, you know, as long as you're doing whatever makes you feel good and you're keeping yourself safe and you're doing what you want to do with someone you trust, it's okay. Mm. And so um, it's so the whole slavery thing is um, uh, it's tricky, but it, it is really popular with a lot of people. And they really it's um, it's it's it goes beyond bottoming because it is like you are now in a relationship with somebody who is a top who is like uh, you're going to call probably a master or a mistress, and. Um, uh, you will probably be collared, um, but it kind of depends. It just, uh, there's a lot of rules, but it's not the same for everybody. So um, a lot of times there's like a, a collaring ceremony and it's kind of like almost like a, like an engagement party or something. And like, you'll invite your kinky friends over and there's an engagement ceremony and you might, somebody might say poetry or something and oh, wow. have wine and it's like really sweet. And then it probably turns into a kinky play party afterwards, honestly. But then, you know, it's, it's like, you know, two people are like kind of, like publicly quote unquote like um announcing their you know master slave relationship together and then somebody's collared and um a lot of times like that collar will be on for forever sometimes people won't it just depends on their lives and what they you know can get away with what they want to get away with Mm -hmm. um i have a friend who's collared but it's it's one of those like 
old school Irish necklaces with like the hands and yeah. the heart and that's yeah. her collar but like nobody would know that you know right. mm-hmm. but I have other friends who I mean collars are getting really like sneaky and creative these days so there's a lot of people walking around that are collared but you just think well she wears the same necklace every day mm, right mm-hmm. oh man I wear the same necklace every day but I'm not collared <laughs> <laughs> I need, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start mixing it up because I don't wanna like, I can't <laughs> I already throw away out way too many confusing things. Is there something that the um, master or mistress wears to signify that they have a person in servitude? Uh, it's usually like a big death metal shirt. I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> a scarab. A, a big jeweled scarab right. on the bottom of a necklace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, not usually. Um, but these people, I mean, you know, we are we are a subculture of people that can be hilariously stereotypical. So, like, it's we are easy to pinpoint sometimes. But uh, not the, the master mistress, not usually. Um, if... If like you are, if they're in a relationship and their slave wants them to, I mean, they might, but it's not, I mean, not necessarily so traditional. No. Have you ever, um, okay, not have you ever, but maybe have you ever, I'll get through this, (laughs) heard of a breakup between a master and a slave that was particularly like, you know, heart wrenching for people? Um... I, it's like, how do you get out of it? Yeah, I. so that's that's kind of interesting. Um, I have not known a ton of them. I've known a few, and they are, like, between women. So okay. it wasn't this, like, I don't know, gay people can bring—we can break up kind of classy, I think. Like, we, like, I think also partly because we have not been able to get married, like, for so long, so we didn't have to do huge divorces and everything. But, like, yeah, like— so if if they're like a traditional like master and slave, there's usually like a a ceremony for that too. Hmm. I th- if I remember correctly, I think maybe it was called like an uncuffing ceremony or something like uh-huh. that. It's got a name, and, mm. and it didn't cost right. twice as much as the coupling <laughs> because that's usually how it goes. They didn't spend any money in the first place. <laughs> Kingsters are cheap. <laughs> um, yeah, use and it's it's always like. I talked to one of my friends who's a slave about this, and she was like, yeah, and even if, like, even if the slave is the one that's really, like, wanting to get out of the relationship, it's still always that the master is releasing the slave. Oh, and I was like, that's bullshit. That seems wrong. And she was like, yeah, it's just a thing. It's like an old guard kind of thing. And um, and I was like, do people know that it's often bullshit? And she was like, yeah. So it's, it's like a, it's a weird subculture because there's, like, a tradition that's really old and people kind of want to keep that alive, but some of it is just ridiculous and misogynistic. Yeah. yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. So what is the percentage of um, people who are in these relationships that are also like it's their romantic partner as well? Or is it usually someone different like, oh, okay, this person is mistress and slave, but they have other romantic partners Um, you know, I don't, that's really interesting. That's an interesting question because I think it's really different depending on like straight people and like queer people. Um, uh, and because I don't really know. I mean, I think, I think straight people have a harder time, like kind of 
uh, branching away from the norm, if you will, from mm-hmm. heteronormativity. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, gay people, like LGBTQIA people, like, we're hated for who we fuck and who we don't fuck anyway, so we kind of just kip, kick up our heels and fuck. Yeah. So it's, you know, like, it doesn't really matter, like, what we do in the bedroom. Everybody hates us anyway. But, like, <laughs> if, you know, if you're, like, straight, heteronormative, and you got, you know, like, there's there's so many straight people that, like, wanted to live, like, this perfect life, and they don't want to seem as, like, deviant or whatever. Goes so back to that shaming thing. Yeah. You know, that sex is bad. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, like, I know, um, I know what queer dungeons are like, and I know what straight dungeons are like, and I know that um, polyamory and, um, you know, like, dating multiple people, like, happens a lot in, in the, like, LGBTQIA scenes, but, like, in the straight scenes, it's, like... Uh, it's it like more be, unusual, or it right? seems well, to be harder. It, it's a lot of no, dudes yeah. having a lot of girlfriends and not mm-hmm. having, not being very comfortable when their girlfriends have more, boy, more yeah. boyfriends. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I find it, one it happens, side of people that it, I know. Yeah, um, it happens, but it's a real thing. And I am stereotyping. I know. We, I'm, we all, yeah, you know. I'm talking some shit, but um, you know, I sees what I sees. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, St. Louis is especially getting a lot more sex positive and people are opening their minds a lot more. And, um, you know, the the things that I would see in those straight dungeons, from what I understand, like a lot of those people are like kind of falling by the waysides and like people with bigger and op- more open minds are starting to go to those dungeons now. So, like, I don't think it's as creepy and misogynistic as it used to be when I went to them. Um, but you know, if you start seeing, you're like, why are there so many guys here with like five girlfriends? There's no women here with like five boyfriends. Mm -hmm. This is pissing me off. Like Mm -hmm. you're not alone. A lot of people are pissed about it. Live your life. Like don't let them like influence you in any way. Well, I think you're seeing that change because you're part of that movement. I mean, you've created a safe place for women to come and learn and experience, which is, which is broadening the, um, uh, the experience for everybody because there are more women coming into the scene and you're educating people on, you know, what is right. So I think that's, you You are a part of the reason you're seeing that change. I, um, it's I, a vocation. It's your vocation. <laughs> it's my... <laughs> I am the kinky Jesus, so it's, <laughs> thanks oh for God. just seeing it, you guys. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would like, I mean, I'd like to just probably put a shout out to um, Shameless Grounds. And I think if somebody out there is curious or, you know, wants to just put, put their toe into it, go have a coffee at Shameless Grounds and see how welcoming it is, the space is, and that that there's like no judgment. There's a great calendar. They have great food. They have great wine and they have, you know, coffee as well. And, and, you know, just go hang out there for a little bit and, and, um, you know, take a book with you or your laptop or whatever, if you have to work, if you need to have something for some cover, just so that you can see like, oh, this is nor- I'm a normal, and uh, no, nobody's sitting there naked, and you know it's not yeah. like they're having sex on the tables or anything like that. But I, I found that the first time I went into Shameless Grounds, it was it was I, I I didn't know what to expect. I knew that it was a very sex positive coffee shop, but I didn't, you know, I heard various stories, but I didn't I didn't know what to expect. So I walk in, and I was like. Oh, this just looks like a normal coffee shop. You Except know? for the, there are the people art on, on their, the tables. Oh, well, yeah, and, yeah. And the and the um the books that they have that are available yeah. available to read and so forth. But you know, yeah, I I think that anybody could walk in there and feel very comfortable. 
and and be connected to you know mm-hmm. learn about like like how would they find the kinks the kinks um, scene in St. Louis? How mm-hmm. would they find you know with the, and it's I'm not that you know you're just going to walk in and ask the first person and they'll tell you or anything like that. But it is definitely a place to. Um, you don't have to worry that if you go there, somebody's going to call your boss <laughs> right. and tell on yeah. you for yeah. the fact that you went and had coffee there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? it's it's tricky. Like, cause I, you know, my events, um, uh, you know, we have like no phone rules and stuff, so we're not trying to get anybody outed or anything. <laughs> but at the same time, we're I'm like very out about what I do because. Um, but I mean, I come from like the queer side of things where like being in the closet like is not cool to me I think if you stay in the closet and like uh you know never talk to people about who you are and stand up for everyone else who is just like you you don't affect change so um you know if you come to my events you're going to be safe and everything but you're going to be um you're going to be around a lot of like politically radical people um who are um you know I don't know. We're we're not closet cases at my events. So if you're, you know, if you're really nervous, like, yeah, maybe start it at the coffee shop. I was gonna say. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, anybody could just start at the coffee shop mm-hmm. and and decide for themselves if they how they feel and if they want to ex- explore some more. Well, I'm I'm wondering, um, like when like when did you come out to your family? How how old were you? When, um. When- I kind of came out when I figured it out. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer. I think I came out when I was like 17. Okay. And then I got kicked out. So Seriously? I, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you know, it was like almost 20 years ago. So oh, it's not a fresh okay. wound. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, that's... Do you, do you talk to your family at all? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mostly like my grandma and the older folks um, who, I don't know, like I my, my parents, it's still really strained, but... I, I'm 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 sorry for the pause. I'm just like, you know, I'm surprised. I just yeah, the fact they kicked you out at 17 for being gay. Was it? Did both of your parents were they united? Do you do you have a bond with one of the two of them that's like not right? Uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> like they, they were, were both. They were they were never really united in anything. But like. I, you know, I just couldn't live there anymore. And they, like, were, I don't know, I, I don't want to get too much into yeah, it. Sure, but, sure. like, uh, it, it was not okay for me to live there anymore. Okay. And, um, you know. And, well, and, okay, that experience of coming out and having that reaction from your family, how has that uh, impacted, like, the work you do with people, you know, others coming out? I mean, do, do you... Um, do you feel especially protective of of folks as a Yeah, I do. And I yeah, um I do and I kind of just I think that's kind of why I do the things that I do to sort of like affect change in this area and in like the Bible Belt as best I can because if I'm as weird as I am, I mean like I I was at the Crack Fox like last month and this little girl, I used to work at this hair school here in St. Louis and I would like <laughs> I I look back at that time when I was working at that hair school at like I was such a like hot mess. I was like 23. <laughs> I would always just come in on hungover and like 
be like, oh, whatever, guys. Like, I'm busy. I have to leave early today because I'm directing the vagina monologues tonight. So, like, <laughs> fuck off, you guys. And, like, uh, so last month I was in the crack box just having drinks. And this little girl came up to me and she was like, do you remember me? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you used to work at the hair school. And I just, I have you changed my life. And I was like, what? Like, just because I would, you know, talk about who I was and what I was doing, like, it kind of gave other people power to be who they wanted to be. So um, that's kind of why I'm just sort of out with everything I do, I guess. Yeah, your voice gives other people a voice. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's take another quick break. Let's top off this wine. I'll talk about our panties. I mean, the the (laughs) wine's panties when I I come back. Not our panties. Sorry. Freudian slip. (laughs) Sounds good, Michelle. All right. Thanks. We're back. I know. I'm very excited to hear what your panty plan is. Well, I'm going to take another sip of this wine because it is so good. I, I feel, I feel like, like there might be a flogger involved. <laughs> well, I can tell you that as this has evolved mm-hmm. um, since the time we've been having this conversation, the palate's really grown, and I'm, I'm getting some like fig on the palate, which I think is yummy. Well. I'm definitely tasting grape. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a really red yes. grape. <laughs> a really red grape. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, I definitely uh, like this bottle. I love the fact that on the front of the of the bottle is a as a picture of a man and a woman. They look like like mm. '70s hippies. This is this is his parents. Oh, picture the of his parents. parents. Oh, yeah. Fun. Isn't that fun? They kind of look like they're in the scene. Yeah, yeah. I think they're kink stash for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think they got some kink. Yeah, what do you think their kink is? Um, uh, orgies. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> can, you, can you like tell people what they're like just by looking at them yes, what their kink is? <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, so what do what do you think my kink is, and what do you think Michelle's kink I is? I think it's complicated. <laughs> I think it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> that nice is a answer. very good answer. You know, like any woman, we're just not one thing. It's just multiple. like the clitoris, yeah. you know. There's there's. 8,000 nerves in the clitoris, right? Exactly. We're just as complicated. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I this this bottle of wine, constant disruption. I I have to I see a lot of a lot of black leather. Um, probably uh, yeah, I see like a whole like a whole kit. From the boots to the the bustier, you know, mm-hmm. the, I don't know, maybe you want to wear panties, maybe you don't, but if, you know, and there's some like, I, I don't see like a studs with it, but I really see like some fringe and spikes. Nice. I, that's where I am on this with this Pinky wine. boots. Called it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you were thinking, right? I see patent leather. I definitely well, see well, patent I can leather. I see you seeing patent leather. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I could see you seeing like red patent leather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm, nice job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have I have skills. You know? <laughs> I've developed them over the years. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Um, mm. So Elizabeth, 
let's think. Let's. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask you this, this deep philosophical question. It's gonna change the world. I've built it up. Intimidated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm scared. What Thank kind you. of animal are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if you could wish for like something to change in our world as a society. Um, and I know you're working for change and you're working to change it for lots of people, but like something that you think that could be changed that would have like a ripple effect, not only in the, in the community that you um, uh, work in, live in, um, play in, but for those on the outskirts or outside of it, what, what do you think that would be for you? Just one thing. Or two. I wish I, mean, I could have had yeah. some time on this one. Well, no, I like to put people um, on the spot. Okay. I mean, yeah. I should have discussed it with you ahead of time and found out if this was like a safe space for <laughs> right, you. Right, but, you know. <laughs> I'm consenting to answer this question. I just need a moment. <laughs> Drink some more wine. <laughs> Drink some more wine. Um, I think, um, I think, I think that we pretty much have to change things ourselves. We can't rely on anyone else to do it for us. So I think that those of us who are marginalized, you know, women, people of color, um, sexual minorities, immigrants, you know, we we have to have a lot more strength from within and we have to um, lift each other up and lift our voices up. Um, So thank you guys for having me on this show today. Like um, people are learning about I think themselves today as they listen to this show, I hope anyway. Yeah. So um, uh, that's what I hope to do in my events too by having, you know, a lot of teachers come out and help people learn about themselves. So I think that, you know, I think that we have to be the change that we want to see. So um, as cheesy as that might sound. No, no, no that's, I think that's a real thing. And I think that's... Yeah. And I would think life. that by by availing themselves people who are listening all across the world of the resources that are in your community so that when you're working on changing yourself you're you can be surrounded by those who are supporting and encouraging you through that um, I think sometimes the scariest thing I mean the scariest you know to tell your tell your family that you know you came out I mean, that was scary right I, I can think of like you know the soccer mom that's driving her fan, her kids around but has this side of her that you know she doesn't mm-hmm. get to explore and she's probably there could be like a little a little frightened or scared of it but maybe maybe today listening to the show um, you know reaching out reading resources that take take that step mm-hmm. and and live even more authentically mm-hmm. with themselves yeah I, I love how um, you know it to, to build on what you said, Michelle, uh, Elizabeth, you, you know, you did something very scary and you were true and honest with yourself, with your family. And then that did not, that resulted in, you know, a breakdown. And, but that didn't, that didn't stop you from diving into your real authentic self and to making um, a life for yourself that's rewarding and deeply true and benefits others like that is that is some strength <laughs> and kudos to you on that thank you yeah <laughs> yeah i mean as a top you probably don't get people to tell you those things all the time you know as a <laughs> but um yeah i mean i think it's i think it's very powerful and i and and i love the fact that 
that you're open to come and talk with us on the show and, mm-hmm. um, and, and share because that's the only way that anybody can learn. And then it may take some of the mystery away from it, the little, little more of the possible anxiety or like, you know, if you're, I wonder how many of our listeners are going to be like walking through, what, there's no malls anymore, walking through Deerbirds Deerbirds or (laughs) Costco or Walmart, checking out collars, like checking out necklaces. (laughs) Is that a collar? Is that a collar? I wonder if that's there in that relationship, you know? Yeah. So other than, you know, Fifty Shades of Crap. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, that author is not going to be a guest on the show. I mean, I can already tell you that. Um, well, I could entertain it. Well, that's another conversation. <laughs> that's another conversation. Yeah. yeah. But um, other than that, is there another um, myth that might be maybe we should debunk at this point before we wrap our conversation? Just like in like BDSM? Yep. Or of BDSM? Um, if, uh, one common myth is like, if you're a bottom, especially if you're a male bottom, that like you're a weak person or, you know, like a weak minded person and that's total shit. Like, you know, if you are strong enough to know that you're a bottom and you know what you want, that's awesome that you, you have done the research and you know that about yourself. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's cool that you have the power within yourself to ask for that. Yeah. I would say it takes a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. Right. I actually think it takes strength to play any role within, Mm -hmm. you know, because you, because you, you are exploring something that isn't taught to us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, no, this isn't, you're not going to get this in high school, sex ed. I mean, you're not. Not at all. You're certainly not going to get it when you sit down with like, you know, the parish priest before you get married. (laughs) You know, he's definitely not going to tell you these things. But I know someone will dress up as a priest (laughs) for you and tell you whatever you want to know for like 50 bucks an hour. That seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. I need to book that person. He's a shitty priest. (laughs) He's a shitty priest. That's wonderful. Elizabeth, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show today, talking to you, getting to know you. Thank Um, you for having me. Yeah, you're you're a delight. And um, I think we are, our community is richer for having you here. And I know, I know. I can I count you as a friend. Aww. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> thank you so much Cheers, for joining ladies. us today. Cheers. Cheers. To you. Cheers.